Hey, so today I'm talking about doing the word, being a doer of scripture and not just hearing it. I know we're all very prone to hear lots of messages and take in scripture, but it's super important that we don't just listen and we make a very intentional effort to accomplish and to do the things that we're learning about and apply it to our lives. So we're going to begin in James chapter 1 and starting in verse 21, I'm going to begin and uh, go down through verse 25. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. First, I want to point out in verse 21, that we need to receive God's word with meekness. Meekness is a person whose strength has been harnessed a person who takes that which they've been given by God and submits it unto God's hand and allows God to use it for what he desires to use it for rather than using it for their own sake and their own self that's really what meekness looks like and for us God's given us the capacity to receive his word and that's a beautiful thing but for us to come and approach it in our own strength, thinking that we can do it in and of ourselves, if we come with pride, we're going to hear his word, but we won't have power to actually apply it to our lives. Because it says also in James, I believe chapter 4, verse 6, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those who are humble. But then it, it's pretty intense in verse 22 where it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. How many people go to church week to week, month to month, year after year, deceiving themselves? It's got to be a lot of people. Hopefully it's not you and hopefully it's not me. Only you and I can determine that for ourselves But we should not be just taking in content or taking in knowledge and, and learning merely to learn. We have to get beyond just information and start experiencing God's word. Jesus said about the Pharisees to do as they say, but do not do what they do. That's pretty intense. And you and I live in a time period where the church can be like that where there's a lot of good things sometimes taught and there's a lot of good things out there. There's a lot of bad out there too, of course, but there is some good out there. And yet, who's doing it? Who's obeying God's word? It doesn't. God doesn't bless those who know about the word. He blesses those who follow it. Hmm. Yeah, and then verse 25 I'll finish this section with this. It says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, 
and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If we want to be blessed by God, we need to be applying his word to our lives in every area. I love that it says that God's law, speaking of his word, it's the law of liberty. Because God's word brings liberty, as we apply it to our lives, it sets us free. Jesus said in John 8 that if you continue in my word, you're my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God's word has the power to set you free from sin, from the devil, from yourself, and give you freedom and liberty. That's the goal of doing God's word. All right, so we're going to go to Matthew 7, uh, verse 21, on to the end of the chapter. Not everyone who says to me, this is Jesus speaking, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I love that Jesus gets right after it and that he makes it very clear that his kingdom is is a kingdom that goes beyond just the supernatural. It goes beyond just power, beyond just prophecy, casting out demons or doing wonders and miracles and signs. Those things are good, but they are not the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is much more than that. Matthew 7 is at the end of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus begins laying down the core things of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and in it, he goes right after character and the nature of heaven. And, you know, he goes and he, he basically elevates the law from the Old Testament and reveals that it's more than just committing the actions that the Old Testament law forbade the people of God to do. It's actually about having a heart that desires the very things that God desires, so that, of course, out of that pure heart, that person will not be committing those same actions. You know, it says in the Old Testament, um, if you commit adultery, that you're deserving, I believe, of uh, like death. I don't, I don't know exactly the law, but uh, there's a great punishment on adultery. In the New Testament, Jesus says that if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Meaning that it's not just merely an action of that, just committing adult, adultery itself, but actually just that beginning in the heart, that that is actually sin too. So Jesus is not just getting at the surface level of just merely 
the actions themselves, but beyond that, deeper into the heart. Because if your heart is pure, your actions will also be pure. And that's what Jesus has ultimately come to do. He's come to change our hearts, uh, to give us a new heart by his spirit, to take out our stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. That's in Ezekiel. Um, yeah, but then here he continues on. He says that someone who does these teachings of his, that they're building on the rock and they will not fall when the winds and the rains come. I believe that the winds and the rains he's speaking of are the tests and the trials of life. And every single person goes through them. But the person who's building on the rock, they will stand through those things. And the person who is building on the sand, that they, were, they will fall. And their fall will be great. And we want to be people who are building on a rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ and his teachings. And here we go. Going to Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Uh, and we're going to read a couple verses here. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house. And could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth with a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently. And immediately it fell. The ruin of that house was great. Again, this is a parallel passage in Luke to what we just read in Matthew 7. Um, but here... Jesus is making this all pretty clear that someone out of the treasure of their heart does what they do and they say what they say. Jesus is revealing that it is our inner man that is expressing itself through our outer man and that our heart is responsible for the actions that we do. And out of a good heart, a good person brings forth good things. And out of an evil heart, an evil person brings forth evil things. God wants to change you at the core, at your heart level. And he doesn't want to just merely have you apply rules and things to your life to try to change the outer man. He wants to change you inside first. Once he does that, then he can change the outside. But it is God's desire for you to have your house built on the rock. He doesn't want the winds and the rains to come and to beat against your house and to fall. He wants your house to stand. And he's given you what you need in his word, in his teachings, so that you can do them and apply them to your life so that your house will stand through any storm. The choice for you to build upon the rock or not to is your own choice. 
But I hope that you'd be like Joshua, who said that as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So what have we learned? I really think that it's pretty clear that being a person who learns about God's word and then is very intentional to take action and to implement what they have learned into their life is that person Jesus is talking about, is that wise person who hears his word, hears the teachings of Jesus and doesn't sit around and takes action. And, you know, that might look like you um, hearing a message on prayer and immediately that afternoon going to get alone for 10 minutes and praying. Rather than just listening to a message on prayer and going, wow, that's, that's a good message or that's convicting or it's like, whoa, that's, you know, inspiring. All of that's okay. Like, it's good to be inspired. It's good to be convicted. But if you don't go beyond that and take some action on that, what good has it done to your life? So, Father, I ask you that you give grace to us to be people who don't just hear your word, but that we apply it to our lives, God. I pray that our lives would look more and more like Jesus, God, that you would give us anointing God that transforms us from the inside out God that our hearts would be purified and that our actions our words our motives would just be on display for the glory of God that people would see our good works and glorify our father in heaven